Welcome to Baseball America's College Podcast. Baseball America, bringing you baseball news you can't get anywhere else for more than 35 years. Now it's time to talk college baseball. Well, welcome to another edition of the Baseball America College Podcast. I'm Teddy Cahill. Here with me is Mike Lanana. And Mike, we've made it to the end of the regular season for almost everyone. Uh, the West Coast, the Pac-12, and the Big West, you know, they're still going to finish up the regular season next week, or this weekend, I guess. But everyone else is into conference tournaments, and those start tomorrow. It's hard to believe we've made it this far. It really is. I feel like just yesterday we were going over our, our college preview issue, our preseason top 25, arguing about which teams we thought were going to get to Omaha. We were right about some teams as far as where they were going to finish this season. Wrong about some other teams, but such is life. You know, you, you can't get them all right. But I feel I feel pretty good for the most part about what we predicted coming into this year. And obviously seeing some of these conference winners this weekend validated some of the opinions that we had coming into this year, I think. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's right. Especially in the SEC mm-hmm. where uh, Florida and LSU claim the two divisions. They share the conference title at 21-9. and nine. Uh, in, in the conference, Florida gets the number one seed in the SEC tournament this week because they beat LSU head-to-head. But those were the top two teams we had coming into the year. In the SEC, they go out, they win their divisions. They both finished very strong. Uh, Florida this week um, goes out and beats Kentucky to win the, win the conference. LSU sweeps Mississippi State uh, like they had to do to keep pace with Florida. And, you know, so they come out as, uh, as SEC champions, and, and Florida moves up to number four this week in the top 25. LSU moves up to number eight. It was a pretty impressive weekend for, for both of those teams, I think. Yeah, well, coming in, I mean, those were the two series that we had circled as pretty much the, the two biggest series in the country. I mean, obviously, Florida versus Kentucky battling for the SEC East, and then Mississippi State versus LSU batting for the, battling for the SEC West. I mean, you could see it going either way, and I think both of those teams made a pretty pretty significant statement. Um, looking at Florida first, you know, they lost the first game of that series in a blowout to Kentucky, and then to come back the next two days to regroup, they blew out Kentucky the next day and then took the final game to win that series. You know, it was an impressive showing of resilience for Florida, I think, and, and really for them, looking at this, this final last push of the season for them, I, I think it's just, you know, we've talked about it a lot on this podcast, just some of those younger pieces and especially the, the offensive pieces kind of coming into their own a little bit and finally finding some rhythm uh, from an offensive standpoint. Because they always had the pitching, they always had the talent. It was just a matter of getting those pieces together to work in a, in a, in a good way. And obviously they're doing that right now to have, to have won the, the SEC. And then LSU going to Mississippi State and sweeping, you know, obviously a, a Mississippi State team that was red hot. Um, you know, a team that's kind of struggled a little bit down the stretch now. Um, obviously injured too <laughs> they're very short on players at the moment so we got to keep that in mind but it was still an impressive showing by LSU you know they uh, a couple of weeks ago you know they were behind both Auburn and Mississippi State in the SEC West and their last two series they sweep Auburn and they sweep Mississippi State so quite the impressive showing it was a well-earned title in the SEC West for LSU absolutely uh, and I wrote about Florida uh, in off the bat today and I, I just think it's it was fitting for the way Florida's season went that they had to come back and win those final two games after dropping the opener. You know, Florida has had to deal with a lot this year, and no one's going to feel sorry for the Gators, and, and you shouldn't. But um, you know, when you have the 
the embarrassment of riches sometimes that they do, you know, no one's going to feel sorry for you. But they did lose eight guys in the top ten rounds last year. And then this year they've dealt with a myriad of injuries. Uh, Their preseason All-Americans, Mike Rivera, Dalton Guthrie, and Jonathan India have all missed time. Um, And, you know, they started the the SEC season 0-3 because they got swept at Auburn. And yet they're able to continually overcome these obstacles, answer the bell every time, and come out as as SEC champions for the fourth time under uh, Kevin O'Sullivan. I, I just think that's very impressive. Uh, overall, how they've played this season. And, and they dealt with another injury this weekend. Dalton Guthrie uh, goes down on, on Saturday, uh, sprains his ankle. He's going to be out this week for the SEC tournament. They're hopeful that they can get him back for regionals, and they really need to get him back for regionals. Uh, he's one of the best shortstops in the country, even if he hasn't had quite the season that maybe he would have wanted to or, or that they would have wanted him to this season. Um, he's been kind of banged up throughout the year but when he's you know he's a huge piece for them defensively you know that's a a key part for Florida as always is is their defense so Mm -hmm. getting him back for regionals would be big they're hopeful that they're going to get Mike Rivera back here uh this week or next and and that would be big for them as well and uh but right now they're playing probably their best baseball all season long and you know they they closed very strong as well right right and then you know shifting gears a little bit and looking at the big 12 which number one RPI conference, and coming into this weekend, TCU was in first place in the conference, but they did not have, they were done with their conference slate, they were playing California non-conference series this weekend, so Texas Tech had the chance to take the throne, and they did. Yeah, they had to, they had to sweep, they had Kansas coming into Lubbock, they, they knew they needed to sweep, um, they held, held the, uh, the tiebreaker there, because uh, they'd beaten TCU head-to-head, uh, earlier this month, or I guess that was last month now. It all blurs together, guys. It, it, it was, it was it at really the very does. end of April. Um, <laughs> so anyway, they, they needed a sweep, and they went out and they did it. Um, you know, they, Kansas hadn't been swept all season, uh, and, and they had taken some significant Big 12 series. So it wasn't going to be an easy task for Texas Tech, but you know, they went out and they, they took care of business, and they're now back-to-back Big 12 regular season champions for the first time in program history. I, yeah. What they've done in the last few years, you know, two trips to Omaha in the three years coming into this year, and you know, they're going to try and make that three out of four, and I don't think anyone would be surprised right now if they did. No, I mean, it, it certainly is an impressive job by that coaching staff, and obviously headed by Tim Tadlock, their head coach. I mean, what they've been able to do, and, you know, this year, you know, we had, we, we, they were in our preseason top 25, I believe they were actually number 25 in our top 25. You know, we had some questions just because last year it was such a, a veteran offense that, you know, the guys that they've had the last couple of years throughout their run were gone, they're, you know, just because they're veterans, and that's the way of life, the circle of life. But, you know, it, it, it speaks volumes of the coaching staff that they're able to take kind of this, this younger kind of team and these younger kind of pieces and, and find ways to win. And it, it's really been an impressive, impressive year for them. And, yeah, certainly it wouldn't be a surprise to see them back in Omaha. You know, conversely, Kansas came into this weekend. You know, this is really kind of their last stand in some ways to try to, you know, get into the, into the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, their RPI was sitting at number 59 coming in. They had some nice wins. If they could have picked up a win at Texas Tech this weekend, it would have been a big help to their case. Right now they're sitting in seventh place in the Big 12 at 11-13. Their RPI is still number 59. I mean, at this point, 
things are looking uh, not so not so good for the Jayhawks at this moment as far as getting into the tournament. Yeah, at this point, they're going to have to go on a run in Oklahoma City this week. I don't know that they have to win the auto bid mm-hmm. um, because if they go on a run, they're going to be beating some significant opponents. Right. You know, Texas Tech, TCU are in the top 10. You got Baylor and West Virginia in the top 20 as well. Uh, in, in Texas right there. Um, you know, so if they if they are able to go on a run, they're going to pick up some impressive wins, uh, but they now have left themselves with a lot of work to do uh, as we go into the, the Big 12 tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, the Big 12 also uh, had Oklahoma State uh, going out and, and sweeping Bedlam, uh, mm-hmm. rain-abbreviated Bedlam, down to mm-hmm. just two games uh, on basically a, a doubleheader. It was an unfortunate way for, for Bedlam to go, but that was not what the Sooners were looking for at all. Oklahoma, uh, you know, we had it as a host last week, right. and now, I don't know. They're definitely <laughs> on the bubble. I, 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 they're still in third place in the Big 12. They still have a lot of things going for them. They have five series wins against top 25 RPI teams. There's a lot to like about them. But they're a lot closer to that hosting bubble than they were a week ago, I think. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. And, you know, sticking with that theme as far as looking at our field of 64, because this is the time of year especially when that's going to become even more and more pertinent because the actual field of 64 is going to be announced pretty, pretty soon. Uh, uh, a week from today. A week from today, as a matter of a fact. <laughs> um, but, but looking at the teams that were on the bubble that really needed big wins this weekend, you know, looking at teams like NC State, Florida State, and then a, a team like South Carolina uh, that, that really needed a series win against Georgia this weekend. The, those teams, you know, both Florida State and NC State got the job done. Florida State very impressively beat Louisville, won that series at Louisville, the first time Louisville has lost an ACC series at home since they joined the ACC, which that was two years ago, 2015, but still an, an impressive I mean, they made it almost three full seasons (laughs) without losing a home ACC series. They they, they won their first 14. That's solid. I'd I'd take it. I'd certainly take it if I were the coach of that program. So that that was certainly impressive and something that, you know, Florida State might have gotten in just given where their RPI was, but they really needed that extra push. And now, I mean, what that did for them is they're they're number 16 in the RPI now. They were huffing around 30, and now they've jumped up a a decent amount. And so the the third game of that series got rained out. They finished conference play at 500, Mm -hmm. I think. And with 14 ACC wins at 500 in league play with a top 20 RPI, I mean... I think they're. Uh, I think they're looking. They're they're just fine for for regionals at this point. Oh, they definitely are. They definitely are. And NC State as well. They were hosting Clemson, which is a big series for them. They needed you know another final push there, and and they got it. They won the first two games against Clemson. Uh, the second game was a was a pretty wild one. A twelve to ten game. I think they they traded seven or eight run innings in, in the final two innings of that game. That is what happened. And that's that's <laughs> that's pretty wild, but. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was, a, it was a big series win for NC State. And conversely, you know, for Clemson, I mean, you, you talk about Oklahoma on the hosting bubble. You know, I wonder with, with Clemson now, you know, having lost, I mean, they were swept in back-to-back AC series, now losing this series to NC State. You know, you kind of wonder where they stand in the hosting picture right now. Their RPI is still in the top 10 at number 9, but it hasn't been, it hasn't been a good finish for Clemson. It has not been, um, and I think they it would behoove them to, to go out and show something this week in Louisville at the ACC tournament. 
They're just one win shy of 40. I mean, generally, a team like that gets to 40 wins, has what the rest of what, what Clemson has going for it, probably is going to be good enough. But I, I think everyone at Clemson would breathe a little easier if right. they can, if not repeat last year's ACC tournament championship, just you know, go out and, and, and show well in, in, in pool play. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are teams... You know, breathing down their necks here, um, especially in the American, where Central Florida beat South Florida this weekend to to claim the AAC title. Uh, they share it with Houston, which uh, beat Cincinnati. Um, Central Florida beat Houston a month ago, so they they have the number one seed in this week's tournament. And I think you know they're up to twenty one in the RPI. I think. Any of Central Florida, Houston, and South Florida with the AAC tournament title, I think they're in the hosting mix. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not locks by any means, right. but I think they are all in the mix. And if uh, they can add a, another title for, for Central Florida or Houston to, to double up, or for South Florida, which actually has the highest RPI, right. and won the season series against both of those teams uh, because they play six times against Central Florida. They won four of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they beat Houston head-to-head. I, I think they have enough still that you know they potentially could get into this hosting mix, which, again, is becoming a little more wide open yeah. uh, than, than maybe it was a few weeks ago. And I think Arizona, which uh, swept Arizona State this weekend, that big rivalry series, um, they're now at 15-12 and 12 in the Pac-12. They're sitting on a top 15 RPI as well. Uh, they're, again, pretty firmly in the mix. We didn't have them last week, but I, I think they're still uh, very much in the mix with uh, another strong weekend here to finish out Pac-12 play. Right. And, and speaking of those three American teams, to backtrack for just a second, obviously two of those teams came into our top 25 the, this week, which you could view at BaseballAmerica.com, those two teams being Central Florida and, and Houston. And, and really, as you said, South Florida has the highest RPI of those three. So certainly, I mean, they're probably team number 26 in, in the top 25, or at least uh, close to that, you know, just given how tightly clustered that conference is and has been this entire year. Uh, it, you know, it's interesting. You look at all these conference titles. It's a lot of really, really close races, even to the end. I mean, really, you're looking at all these conferences that are decided just by head-to-head record because of, of these ties. And then you look at the Pac-12, and oh my goodness, Oregon so, State. <laughs> so Oregon State is done with their, their Pac-12 schedule right now. And they went 27-3. and 27 wins is a new record for, for Pac-12 wins in a season. Mm. But they're done. Um, they are guaranteed to win the conference by six games. That's wild. <laughs> no one has won the Pac-12 by that many games since 1985. And depending how Stanford does this weekend in a series that is probably largely meaningless for the Cardinal, mm-hmm. um, they, uh, I, they're they still trying to lock up a national seed, I guess, but they're pretty firmly hosting. They're locked into second place right. in Pac-12. A lot of it's taken care of at this point. Depending on how that series plays out, Oregon State could have the largest margin of victory in the conference since, like, I think it's 81 at that point. <laughs> it's... It's absurd yeah. what the Beavers have done. Yeah, just uh, just the 900 winning percentage in conference and a 918 winning percentage at a conference. I mean, 45 and four. I mean, I don't care who you are. That's that's impressive. And you know, certainly, you know, the no doubt number one national seed. You know, when the field of 64 is announced a week from today, 
I mean, it, it's just, and, and, the, and the thing is, is as good as they are, that doesn't mean that, you know, the rest of the conference is bad. You know, Stanford's a very good team. Arizona is a very good team. You know, UCLA, UCLA is a team that's played well down the stretch, a team that looks like a tournament team at this point. And they got the big series win against Utah. We talked about that last week as being a potential play-in, and right. they, uh, they go out and get that win. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, they're good teams here. Yeah. Oregon State doesn't care. They just yeah. roll over them. Yeah, it's seven sweeps in conference play this year. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Every team that you think, okay, here's another big test for Oregon State, they they sweep them. <laughs> they win the series against them. I mean, I I thought you know I had the chance to see them sweep Arizona when they hosted Arizona, and that was we were you know touting that as a big time top ten matchup, and Oregon State made it look easy. I mean, it, it's just it's just sensational the kind of year that they've had, and they're going to be to me they're. That they're the favorite. I mean, obviously, that's a really easy pick. That's a very easy pick. That's, <laughs> that's only four losses. Yeah, that's that's a very. <laughs> I'm not really going on a whole limb on that one, but just just looking at the way their team is structured, and especially getting Rasmussen back uh, into their pitching mix. Their their ace from a year ago had Tommy John, and now he's he's back and pitching again for them. Started um, uh, recently as well. You know, to have him in the mix as well as Luke Heimlich, who has a microscopic .75 ERA, I think is, is where it is right now, leading in the country. And Jake Thompson is not too far behind him. His is just slightly over one. Oh, my God. You know, <laughs> it, it's just they're a very deep team with, with Caden Grenier and, and Madrigal up the middle. So they're, they're a scary club. Um, with uh, You mentioned the pitching. Yeah. Um, Heimlich and Thompson gave them back-to-back complete games to start this weekend's series against Washington State. They threw a total of 209 pitches in those two games. That is efficient. And then Rasmussen comes out on on Sunday, and um, you know he only gave them like five and two thirds, but uh, it was really good five and two thirds. I mean, in any other circumstances, you'd look at that and say, "Yes, great job, guy making his second start coming back from Tommy John." Yeah. But looking at, at what Heimlich and Thompson did, it was like, "Well, okay, that, that's it." Uh, yeah. Like it, that's just what Oregon State has conditioned us for right now is that um, <laughs> Drew Rasmussen in, in his second start since coming back from from surgery is like, "Oh, well, okay, that was that was nice. That that's a good third starter." I mean, they, it's, it's it's incredible what they've put together right now. It's like it's like because I'm a I, I play video games from time to time. It, it's it's like MLB the show. It's like cheating and taking your team and bumping up all their stats as as high as you can bump them up, and then putting the game on easy mode, and then just playing the worst team in the league. That's what that's what Oregon State has been like this year in terms of just the success that they've had. It, it, it's incredible. Can't say enough about the Beavers. Maybe we should stop talking about the Beavers and, and talk about the rest of the field. But well, I, I do want to talk about Stanford here while we're talking about the right. Big Twelve. Um, you know, Stanford has been on an incredible hot streak of their own. They uh, they sweep Washington this weekend to send uh, you know to finish the the home portion of the regular season uh, with a flourish, and, and they sent Mark Marquess out in style. He still has many more games to coach. It looks like, but mm-hmm. uh, they retired his number at the end of Sunday's game. It was a, a fun ceremony and. You know, they're really rolling here uh, in, in the last few weeks, and like I mentioned, they're they're closing in on uh, being a potential national seed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they uh, they're up to eleven in RPI. They finish at Washington State, which probably isn't going to help the RPI all that much. But you know, they're they're looking at potentially winning twenty Pac-12 games, and if they do that, I, I think they're going to be 
uh, you know, right there in the mix. I mean, I, I guess the other national seed potentials are, are Kentucky and, and Southern Miss. Right. Um, maybe uh, one of these ACC teams, Clemson or, or Wake or, or Virginia, gets hot and, and goes and wins the ACC tournament and is able to snag the last national seed like Clemson did last year. But um, I think if Stanford just goes and takes care of business this weekend, it that might do it for, for them. Right. And, and sticking out west... In the Big West, Long Beach State clinched the title out there as well. Thought it could possibly come down to this final weekend here against Cal State Fullerton, but now they have a four-game lead. It's a three-game series. I'm not great at math, but that tells me that uh, it's it's game over for there Cal was, State Fullerton. There was right a now. trophy presentation <laughs> on the field at, at Long Beach la- yes, yesterday. Uh, it was actually they finished up their game first, and then they were waiting on Fullerton mm-hmm. to finish their game. They were losing to, to Cal State Northridge and. They threw it up on the video board there at Blair Field, and uh, then they uh, they stuck around and and uh, watched as, as Northridge finished that one out, and, and were able to celebrate their their first title in in several years uh, at, at Beach. And you know we we're talking about how Oregon State's running away with the Pac-12. It's not quite to that level uh, here in the Big West. They don't play quite as many games, mm-hmm. but Long Beach State, eighteen and three in the Big West. I don't care that this is a down year for the Big West. Like that's that's impressive. No, there's no doubt. There's no doubt, and and it's a team. And I mean, we did think that the Big West had the chance to be a, a fairly strong conference this year. You know, we we were seeing big things for UC Santa Barbara again after they'd gone to Omaha a year ago, and thought Cal Poly had the chance to put together a nice year, and they did. Um, you know, well, finishing finishing second in, in the uh, conference. They did they did in conference in play. conference. They play did in half. conference play. Not not to the extent that we were necessarily. They're expecting, still under five hundred overall. Yeah, but in conference play, fourteen and seven. Um, but really, I mean, this this basically the entire year. This was a two team race between Long Beach State and Cal State Fullerton, and uh, you know, just to, to to see the way Long Beach dominated weekend and and weekend out. You know, especially, you know, their Friday starter, Darren McGaughan. I can't say enough about him. I, I include him probably in every roundup that I do. You know, he just, he's thrown, I think, what, like three complete games this year. Um, a shutout. He's just been as steady as they come on Friday nights. And really their pitching staff as a whole has been very steady. You look at the scores that they've put up every weekend. Generally, fairly low scoring games, you know, per per West Coast baseball. But... You know they're able to limit teams, and and they do have enough offensive juice to put up some runs as well. So they're they're a dangerous team come postseason time. I'm, I'm definitely curious to see what they do in the tournament. Absolutely, and they've basically locked down a hosting spot, which is important for them. They uh, you know they aren't going to have to to go on the road here. They play very well at home, and um, you know they're going to be they're going to be ready to go um, once the postseason comes around. Uh, you know, I've I've had them as an Omaha team for for a long time now, and I mean they're. Uh, yeah. I, I I feel pretty good about the good way call. they're playing. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was one of my better calls uh, this year, I think. Yeah, that's that's one to hang your hat on. We all we all have some good calls. We all have some not so good calls. Your good call is Long Beach. My good call is Wake Forest, uh, who, as you mentioned, has a chance to to fight for a national seed here. You know, given where they're they're sitting at number twelve in the RPI, second place in the Atlantic, they've leapfrogged Clemson. The only issue there is Clemson beat them head to head, so we'll see how that plays into it and see what happens in Louisville in the ACC. But you know, overall, I, I feel like we we jumped around to. There's one more I want to touch okay. on real quick here. Uh, the Big Ten. Yes, we mentioned close title races. The Big Ten very much that uh, it comes down to this final weekend, Nebraska. Walks away with the title, their first title since joining the conference. 
Um, their first regular season conference championship since 2005 when they were in the Big 12. It's been a long time coming for the Huskers. They've done a lot of work to, to get the program back to the point where they can be out winning championships like this. And they went out and they did it in a very emphatic fashion, 21-3 to on the final day of the regular season. They knew they needed to beat Penn State and, and they would be champions. Uh, they controlled their own destiny. They went out, they scored seven runs in the top of the first inning, pretty much removed all doubt right away. They added yeah. three more in the second, just in case there was any more doubt. <laughs> Ten runs in the first two innings, it was over. And Nebraska uh, coasted to uh, a, a seri- series clinching and championship clinching uh, victory there in Happy Valley. And uh, you know, so very good job by the Cornhuskers. Michigan comes in just a, just a hair behind. Uh, basically, it came down to Nebraska having a tie, and so Michigan had one more loss than Nebraska did. It, it was so weird. <laughs> it was it was a little weird at the top of the Big Ten, yeah. as it often is. That conference is often uh, very close, and it was weird everywhere. It was. Part. It's been a it's been a weird year overall. We're uh, you know we're we're down here to the end. This is uh, the the final week of the regular season uh, or the start of the postseason, depending on how we want to look at this. A week from now is Selection Monday. There's a lot going on here, so we're going to wrap this pod up. It was a bit of a shorter podcast today. We'll have plenty more for you over the next week and and next week on Selection Monday. Uh, So look for all of that content over at BaseballAmerica.com. Again, we'll be back here with another podcast next week. Uh, Maybe two. I don't know. We did two last year. Who knows how many we'll do this year. Maybe we'll do three. I don't know. Selection Monday will be crazy. Nonstop pods. A pod for every hour. There you go. For every team. No, that would be ridiculous. All 64 teams. <laughs> we'll, do all, we'll do a pod about all 64 teams. We'll do it now. That, no. Uh, let's, not, let's not kill ourselves. Well, again, uh, check out BaseballAmerica.com all week this week as conference tournaments continue. And then uh, check back, uh, well, a field of 64 a couple times this week. Uh, uh, projections and the committee will tell us their own, their real field of 64 a week from today. And we'll be back here to talk about that. So thanks to Mike for joining me. I've been Teddy Cahill. Thank you for listening. This concludes our program. Want more in-depth baseball coverage? Be a better fan. Visit BaseballAmerica.com to get more comprehensive baseball coverage.